Raggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. We're in the stand on the Clown Terrace and Connacht have lost. Dave Finn, welcome along. Good evening. Trying to catch people out when they're on the phone, see if they're not ready. But like, how hard is it to say good evening? Lindy McKenzie, no phones for Lindy. She's focused. How are you? <laughs> good evening. <laughs> Plenty of phones for Alan, but you know, he's checking things. Hi, Rob. Welcome along, lads. Uh, initial thoughts before we get the in-game thoughts of Alan. Dave. Well, if the game was played between minute two and minute 66, it was a great game. Unfortunately, the game was played between minute one and minute 80. And um, if you add those other 15 minutes, not so good. Ah, look, I'm with everybody else. Richard Cockle thought they were lucky to win. KK can't work out how they lost. And uh, we gifted them 14 points through not being able to kick the ball very far away. Richard Cockrell also kind of thought that we got ahead and then we went to sleep and then we got back and won it. And I was kind of thinking, you were very fortunate to be ahead. And uh, I'm not sure about that sleep side of things. But yes, in a general sense, I think he felt Connacht had really fronted up and his side didn't for long periods. And unfortunately, from a Connacht perspective, Edinburgh, where Connacht were two years ago, they're winning these type of games and Connacht have been losing these type of games. Yeah, it's fine margins, isn't it, when you think about it? But unfortunately, you had 13 points and kicked by... Duncan Weir in the last 20 minutes and I think you know that really was the turning point in the game I called him pudgy is that fair because yep. he's deceptively brilliant then yeah yeah no as soon as he came 26. on as soon as he came on I said to William oh we're in trouble now because this is Duncan Weir weather this is his type of game yeah, I thought this so, is his yeah. night this yeah. is, he's going to cause us problems but the problem for us for me was we were 8-0 down before we started playing I would I wouldn't call him pudgy. The man, admittedly, he has no neck, but he's not pudgy. How is he only 26? I mean, he's What's been the around for. between pudgy and stocky? Uh, you have a neck. I think pudgy is more nice alliteration to the way he plays as well. Pudgy, pudgy is something tenacious. you call it. Pudgy is toddler. Uh, he's not fat. And pudgy is pudgy's about popular. Yeah. I think pudgy is, is, is fat, whereas stocky is, is muscle. That's not muscle, I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> He's brilliant, though. Oh, my God, we spent far too long talking about his body appearance because he is absolutely excellent. And he, had, he turned the game. He won the game for him. Yeah, that's as what I was afraid of. That's what I was afraid of. But also, Edinburgh have been on a winning streak and they, they've got a coach who knows how to win games because that's how Leicester used to win games. And he has Edinburgh doing that. They hung on and hung on and hung on and then they scored. They never let us get away. Even when we were dominating the game, they never let us get away. And we didn't... We didn't get a point in that first 20 minutes of the second half. We didn't score enough. Agreed. Here it is. Story of the game. William Davis with Alan. The kickoff from Edinburgh puts Connacht under British pressure, mainly because Tiernan O'Halloran is being blocked down on the clearance kick and Edinburgh are in for a try. Unbelievable. How many seconds on the clock? I'd say no more than about 14 seconds on the clock. And Dougie Fife the 27 year old right winger has slid in for the score after the kicked uh, clearance from Tiernan Holleran was blocked down that's got to be a world record for the fastest one of the fastest tries ever scored I think ok William we're 20 minutes in the score is Connacht 14 Edinburgh 8 it's a huge amount going on yeah, it's a cracking match probably the fastest try I've ever seen the sports ground 12 seconds Dougie Fife chasing down a block down and Edinburgh then getting a penalty to go 8-0 up but Connacht have settled in well good tries by uh, Tiernan O'Halloran and uh, Tom Farrell playing really well both sides going hard at it and uh, it's physical stuff but uh, Connacht moving the ball around few inaccuracies in their pass and if they could get a few of those put together they'd be uh, possibly even be further ahead Absolutely. It's a great game. We'll talk again at halftime. Jack Kersey then ready to strike this. The 
clock has ticked towards 40 minutes. This should be the last play of the half. Carty likes what he's done there. And George Clancy says that will do for the first half as well. A lovely score to get before half time. Okay, William. Half time. Connacht leads 17 points to 13. What a cracking game of rugby. Brilliant game. Cracking. Both sides going at it, hammer and tongs. Connacht have really dominated it and just some handling errors, maybe a couple of dubious penalties maybe or maybe not that have gone against them but uh, they played well since we were last talking to you. Duhan van der Merve has scored a fabulous try for Edinburgh. Boy is he quick. Um, but Connacht are doing well here and they've just got to keep doing what they're doing but the accuracy is going to be important. They need to convert maybe a couple more of these chances but it's a great game of rugby. It's uh, Sometimes these games coming back after a break, after the international break are pretty scrappy and sloppy this is full on and uh, the crowd are well into it I certainly are I think the handling's due to yet another shower that's coming down it's rained this is the third time it's rained during this half and it's definitely having an influence on the handling having said that there has been some great handling and some great play from both players we'll talk again on 60 minutes OK William just on 60 minutes there has been no change in score since half time although I think Edinburgh might kick this one 17 points to 13 um, it isn't quite as good this half, is it? No, it's not. It's uh, Connacht have had a lot of position and possession and been, have got a bit lateral. They haven't been able to just break down and get uh, maybe get get going as well as they would have hoped. They've missed one kick at goal and you think if Edinburgh kick this, this is going to become a really tight game. Duncan Weir's come on, probably try to get a bit of width on the ball for them. They've absorbed Connacht pretty pressure pretty well in this half and uh, still anybody's game. It certainly is. We've just seen Mitchell and Ronaldson just coming on the field as well. So let's see if Connor can close it out. They're only winning by a point with less than 20 minutes, 19 minutes to go. Quick ball from the base as well from Mitchell back infield to O'Brien who's tackled, what, 15 metres shy of the try line. They have a very narrow channel to work on the short side. Four players against four from Edinburgh, but good leg drive from Connacht as that barrel took that into contact. Really good from Connacht, they're up within four metres of the line. A pick and go at the fringe for Sean O'Brien. It's not on. Two metres, I'd say, from the Edinburgh line. Right down in the left-hand corner. Connacht trying to spin off this and go for what could be a massive moment in the game if they get over the line. They're right on the Edinburgh yes. line and Score. What a moment to get it. Try time for Connacht. Yeah, great stuff in close from the forwards, picking and going. Finley Beelham. Yeah, marvellous try. Very, very important try for Connacht coming at just the right time, as you say, Rob. Well, Halloran standing still now as he receives that. Not much choice as it just was slower than he might have expected. Mitchell at the base after O'Halloran was immediately taken down and a carry from Masterson. Ball retention seems to be the plan here, Joe. Yeah, and it is key to protect possession. Kick coming now. Oh, Ronaldson is blocked down by Duncan Weir. He's going to scamper onto this. He kicks ahead. Duncan Weir for what will be a massive try for Edinburgh. Huge mistake from Ronaldson. His kick on halfway went wrong. And Duncan Weir has turned this game on its head. That is why Edinburgh are third in their conference and heading towards the playoffs because they win games when they are tight. It's not won yet, but that score seems pivotal. Duncan Weir, the man who came on at out half, gets it. Finals, ladies and gentlemen, it's Connacht 22, Edinburgh 29. Yeah. 
Sorry, let's roll on. Okay, That's a disappointing end, um, but brilliant finish by a team and who are winning games and have learned how to win games. Yeah, their bench made a, made a big difference and they seem to up the tempo on their accuracy. Duncan Weir came on and scored a try, kicked a couple of penalties, changed the whole way they were trying to play. Scored 29 points. And that's why they're third in their conference and we're fifth in ours. They've, um, that was just a hard, grinding win. I was actually saying off the recordings that I was a little bit disappointed with Edinburgh. But in the last 20 minutes, you just have to take their hat off to them. Sorry, I have to interrupt you, but this is disgraceful. I know the ref didn't appear to have a great game, but the, but the, the crowd booing him is, is just shocking, and it's just not on. Sorry about that. That's, I have no time for that. That didn't cost Connacht the game. No. It was the 20 minutes at the start of the half. A lot of possession, a lot of possession. Didn't score. Didn't kick the one chance they had, the penalty. You've got to convert that in tight games. So, it's all set for next Saturday now, and... Uh, Roll on the quarterfinal. Kieran, I'll start by just asking you, can you give us your initial assessment of, of what is probably a very disappointing defeat from your perspective? Oh, yeah. Finding it a bit difficult to fathom how we lost it, actually. Um, but we gave them easy, easy access back into the game and get, kept them... Uh, allowed them to have a little bit of hope. They're a tough side and a form side, uh, Edinburgh. They've been really they're having a good season as well. So they, you know, but thought we controlled everything relatively well. Um, got our noses in front, and then I think the pressure told, and we capitulated in a couple of areas. There's a trend. You know, when Connick play well, they usually win here. There was three defeats already this season, but they were all underpinned by poor overall performances. There's lots of positives in this one. So this is the first time a team have come here, met some of Connick's good play, and still been able to beat Connick. Yeah, which is a disappointing aspect because, you know, we've got a fervent crowd and, 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 you know, they get behind the boys. And the boys generally have lifted for them, and they did again today. <coughs> they were two evenly matched teams, um, from my perspective, but it's more about how we gave it away. <coughs> Probably a little softly, wasn't it? Do a lot of people look at the try? Obviously, would you look at execution in terms of, or would you look at the decision to take the kick, or is that is there a certain amount of luck involved in how we got through on that? Oh no, look, look, we'd have to look. <coughs> excuse me, I'm going to frog in my throat. <coughs> we'd have to look at how the build-up occurred and. And why the decision to do it was taken, and was it the right one? Yeah, we'll do all that. The start must have been really frustrating for everyone. I mean, 14 seconds in, it's a bizarre, bizarre kind of way to concede straight away, but it really puts you on the back foot. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, sometimes those things can happen, yeah. After half-time, Connick seemed to have a lot of ball, first 15 minutes of the half, but didn't get further ahead, yet still, they got the big, big try that looked like possibly being the match-winning try from Finley. Yeah, it was a good try too, you know. So, um, no, I I thought we controlled a few things quite well. We, we had a little bit of a struggle um, in that little patch, middle patch that you're talking about. And 
And that's around the tenacity of the opposition. They were good, and um, and they're tough. As I said, they're a form team, and they're playing for each other. Uh, and then we just just we fell, you know, and we slipped. There must be certain amount of things that you're going to take from this towards Gloucester, especially with the regards to, as everyone knows, four players to come back in, the three internationals, John Muldoon as well. There will be, you know, obviously defensive mole in terms of the lineup was pretty strong and, and lots of other aspects as well, three good tries. So that has to be an, a good omen from Connick's supporters' point of view ahead of Gloucester. Well, it's a shame we didn't get another try and we had a lot of opportunity, mm-hmm. perhaps, you know, around that goal line there that um, we probably could have got that fourth try. Um, and that was our aim, was to keep scoring points. Um, so oh, there, there's some positives there, you know. And we come back after a fairly lengthy break and might have been a bit rusty and, you know, just off our oats a little bit. Um, so, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. We've, we, it was a dress rehearsal for next week. So, um, you know, we'll pull it to pieces and analyse it to the nth degree and, uh, and move on. Say dress rehearsal, it's the big game that's been on the horizon for some time and now it's only a few days away. Well, it has been for us, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, a, it's an opportunity for us and, you know, we'd be foolish if we didn't fire a shot. Edinburgh, how do you think they compare with Gloucester in terms of the test? They seem to be going really well, don't they? Well, Edinburgh are. They're the form side for me. I, I think they've been really good. They're a resilient bunch and um, they don't, as we know, um, they don't give in and they don't give up. So, you know, they got some reward, a bit jammy, but, you know, I'm sure they're pleased. All right, uh, Tom, I was saying to Kieran inside, that's probably the first time this year that Connacht have had a largely positive performance and still lost at home. So that's probably kind of a different kind of feeling. It looked like you had done the job and then it got away from you. Yeah, it's it's very disappointing because, you know, we... Probably in the change room, Phil, we're scratching our heads a little bit. How did we lose the game? And, um, you know, after a really, a really tough start, um, I think we, we definitely went down five, maybe eight. Mm. Um, eight nothing to fight our way back in, get up to 14. Um, and then, you know, in the second half, we kind of um, kind of got another try and, um, and pushed on a little bit. And, um, you know, if we could have uh, just controlled the game a little bit, a little bit better in that sort of next 10 minutes, probably a really big moment in the game, and um, you know, eked out another penalty or another try, then um, you know we probably would have been home and hosed. But um, at the end of the day, we um, we talked at, at half time about not um, not basically giving them giving them easy stuff, and um, I think the penalty count in the second half it was just it was pretty poor. It would have been um, well in Edinburgh's favour. So um, you know, that's just stuff like uh, their exit lineouts. Um, High tackles, just giving them field position, um, and just it's just too easy. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a pretty frustrating review looking back at that sort of stuff because, um, you know, if you just keep the pressure on them and um, keep choking them, then, um, you know, I'm sure we would have been able to eat that game out. You took the whole team into a huddle for about five seconds there during the second half at one point. Just, I think it was, I don't know, like I'm not asking specifically what was said because I'm sure it was quite simple. But at the same time, did you get a sense at one point in the game that maybe it was getting away from me almost in terms of focus as much as anything else? Um, it was just a bit of a reset and, um, you know, guys were, obviously the penalty count was sort of starting to go against us and, and guys were getting frustrated. So it was just about, um, you know, Leaving, leaving the talking to the ref to me, he was getting a little bit of, maybe a little bit annoyed with us um, yapping to him. So, um, 
yeah, just said to refocus and just um, basically whatever's happened has happened, drop it, move on to the next job and, and let me talk for the ref. All right, despite the defeat, everyone, you guys probably are balanced on both fronts, but the supporters are all thinking about the Challenge Cup. They all wanted to see, can they get to the next round and maybe go as far as they can? This is a monstrous game next week. There's four players to come into the squad and there was a lot of positives tonight, three great tries and some really good moments. Yeah, as I, you know, I think it, it won't be hard to get up for this, this mm. game. It's, um, you know, it's a massive game for us now. Um, obviously having Bundy and um, Karen and um, coming back from... Um, the Irish setup where they've had uh, a great success. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll bring a lot of positive energy for us as well. And um, you know, Bundy's down there, and he's, you know, he's been hanging around a lot this last week, even though he sort of had a week off. So um, I'm sure he's buzzing to go for us, and um, that'll give a bit of energy to the guys as well. So um, yeah, like I think we owe it to our supporters to go out there and um, and just give it a really good crack. We're back. That was uh, Tom McCartney chatting to me, and before him, Kieran Keane. He had some interesting things to say. I think he did see the positives. I think initially he was struck by my first point, which was listen, of all the defeats, all four home defeats, only one of them have we played well and lost, and that was this one. So the earlier ones. I agree. I, I was. It was I, unusual, really, wasn't it? Yeah, we were playing really good rugby. I, I think, you know, having recovered from the shock of 8 0 down, I thought we played some great rugby. I love the way we seem to be our. our backs are now coming onto the ball at real pace, Ooh, yeah. at proper pace, further out. The end, so there's, there's, the ball comes out of a, from a breakdown, it goes to the first man and their second man, they tend to be forwards and they're either taking it standing still or slightly moving forward, there's a little bit of sh- shift, but then as soon as it goes out to the backs, out the back door, they are at Weep. such pace when they're doing it, it's really good to see. I there's a, a lot, you can see more and more of the KK style coming into the way we're playing the game. For one of the beneficiaries of that system was Niadi Olokan because mm. for about 50 minutes of this game he was absolutely brilliant. I think as the rain came down and it got more sticky, that's the only reason why he didn't storm to a man of the matches play. But he just seems to be back to his very, very best. Yes, he has been out for a long time. Mm. But I thought, oh, certainly in the second half, he seemed to be just a step ahead. Either the pass was behind him or he seemed to be ahead of the pass. And it was on four or five occasions, which means that he wasn't, ironically enough, it, it kind of contradicts what Alan just said, but it wasn't necessarily that Alan is wrong. But just it seemed to be it seemed to kill the momentum for Knee. He was always just having to reach behind him, and also it's only because of the rain it, yeah, it, it slowed the whole thing down. As in the first half, the was guy really he was up against was an absolute monster. Yeah. This guy, Marver, yeah. and also and he did skin him in the first half for his try. Well, no, Adi Loken, he didn't. It wasn't that he skinned him, but it was Adi Loken made a poor decision that. to step yeah. in, or else whatever happened, Connacht just lost who was marking who because mm. O'Halloran was out in the wing, and like that's the thing, Lindley. All three. I want to give Edinburgh so much credit and we will because they're doing cracking stuff but all three tries were like God they were poor from a conic point of view a bad start obviously 14 seconds in some poor defending on a simple move along the back line and then right at the end the block down that led to the winning try Yeah it always seems to come down to one or two maybe poor decisions or poor executions or mistakes and it usually comes and I think that's the difference is like Connor played some beautiful rugby out there and in fact some of their tries I thought were excellent even mm. the last try which went from the right wing right across to the left with the forwards finishing it and, and Bielham finishing it but it always comes down to a bit like the, the cheetahs game I think what well, there was a, a turning point there where I, I think it might have been Matt Healy who lost the ball and thereafter the cheetahs 
finally put the nail in the coffin. I just think it's, you know, it's we can be very harsh here, but at the same time we have to look at how this team is playing and where it has come from from the beginning of the season. And I think this team has grown immeasurably, um, particularly against, you know, look at Edinburgh. They're flying high in, in, in Conference A, you know. Uh, you can't deny that. So I think we... It's, it's being a bit harsh. I know we, we are maturing as a group and we are maturing under Kieran Keane and I think that there's some good rugby played and a few sort of maybe poor decisions or a few couple of mistakes, you know, prove crucial. OK, I'm going to be harsh. Some silly penalties, though. Let's, let's turn the dial before... So not necessary for the want of not being super positive, but, like, a lot of silly penalties. Everyone was in at it. From a high tackle at one stage in the second half that killed momentum, just someone left an arm above the shoulder around about the 65-minute mark. Jared Butler was on the wrong side in the way that he, he had been warned enough times like everyone else in his own 22 that led to three points. I think Connick's discipline towards the end and decision-making, and then the decision-making of Craig Ronaldson, first of all, to go for that kick and the execution... There were a lot of silly errors that cost us the game there. Well, you look at it, two of their tries came from two blockdowns in the first minute. and, and lax on Tiernan as well at the start, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, very lax. And, and so you look at, you know, there, there's a difference. We lost by seven and there's 10 points, um, 12 points because he, he kicked the conversion. So yesterday we can look at some of the penalties and you could ask why weren't penalties given against the opposition for exactly the same things. That's an issue I'd like you have to this thing with me sometimes I come across and say I had no problem with any decisions against Connacht and you always say to me well not always but on occasions you'll say to me yes but what decisions were not given out there yeah exactly I couldn't agree with Alan Moore I, um, I have to look at our penalties I think yeah there was a high tackle it was stupid the, the rolling on the wrong side yeah being more in the side but I'm sorry but and this, this is what I think this is what really upset me about the Tudors game is that we got pe- the, the final penalty at least to the kick down the pitch well, there's another issue about the fact that they played on and then got pulled back to, to take the kick by the referee um, but we they pulverised our scrum fine it's a penalty but 30 seconds earlier we had absolutely marched them backwards to rose their own line and nothing was given same tonight yeah if we're on the wrong side penalise us we make a high tackle penalise us and we have I to I do t- like we- the way he doesn't like people on the wrong side under any circumstances yet late except, in the second ex- half ex- and ex- Edinburgh ex- players ex- on the wrong side here's the thing, that annoyed me in the commentary there's, there's, the a, time, there's yeah. a couple of things that, that I need that, this is all I'm going to say about the referee tonight is you must referee both sides equally and it's a it, 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 you must do that you I don't care if it's about if you don't want to be seen to be favouring one team over the, the, the a team over another because you happen to be from the same. No, country. I don't think it's anything to do with that. No, no I, but, I, I, say, but I I do find that really frustrating is that two teams don't get refereed the same way. I've always felt weirdly enough that it's the home team would get those decisions, um, but not tonight. The only other thing I would say on on the, on the kicks were. Look, if you have Richard Cockle, who's played this game, he, 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 was, he was a member of the ABC club. They were fantastic. It was exactly how they were. But they were also masters of the dark arts and getting away with it. Mm-hmm. And if they got away with stuff tonight, I don't have to like it. I think there's a problem with the referee. I think there's a problem with the touch judge not raising his flag. But ultimately, they got away with it. And that's, again, back to Richard Cockle being a damn fine coach. I thought, I thought there was, they were given a little bit too much leeway with their, with their stuttering maul. Yes, it yeah. seemed to go on and on, and there was no... Well, I couldn't... Most of it was across the other side. And Our defensive, it. it was good, wasn't it? I, I mean, I thought mm. Connor's defence was brilliant mm. in that regard. Really but, encouraging but that's ahead why next I was week, surprised yeah. that they weren't made to use it or lose it, so to speak. And, yes. I, and mm. I thought he was giving them far too much leeway yes, absolutely. in that regard. Interesting, yeah. I didn't even think about that during it because I was just so happy with the way Connick 
defending it and I do think Lindley we'll talk about Gloucester more but there were a few different things tonight that give me hope for the Gloucester game first of all how Alan's describing the way we attacked which now that I hear Alan describe it I completely agree with the sweeping attack's going to be needed against a team like Gloucester and also we need to be strong in the line out which wasn't bad on our part and brilliant from the point of view of defence I think all the components, you know, the set piece components are good. I think Jack Carty is, you know, he was very good, wasn't he? Very authoritative, commanding, you know, um, performance. And he's obviously only going to get better with a new out half that's going to be chasing him mm. and improving him to play alongside him. Um, so yeah, I think the components are all there, and I think there's a, I think that's probably why I come back to South Africa because I, I, I think that that trip to South Africa did them a power of good and Peter Wilkins did a press conference over there when he spoke about the value of um, travelling away because obviously he would be used to it and so would Karen Keane but most of the Connet lads would not be used to it mm. where he was saying that this is the only time they get to literally yeah. talk rugby yeah. and 100% of the time because there's no interference yeah. and that they can have fun talking rugby and they can be serious talking rugby but they it's and a huge not just an outside rugby sort of bonding, but a very much a rugby bonding session, so to speak. And I think, and I think, that, I think something happened over there that on that trip, to not unlike Russia, yes, to both Treviso, where they did have to dig it out, and Treviso, and they went to South Africa, and they, I mean, performed just about as well as any team has performed there, um, or better than most teams have performed there, and I think that has given this team a huge, huge confidence going forward. Yeah, it's not, I follow American sports as you go, guys, and they always say it, when they take their team on the road, the coach will always go to that line, it's great to be on the road again, every team, whether it's baseball or hockey, they can't stand being at home for long periods of time because they lose the focus of their players, that's a different type of environment because they're more used to it, but a rare opportunity to do that, and I think that's why we're kind of positive, Alan, for people who maybe didn't see the game, tonight fans who are listening into us you know there might be saying God we kind of blew it but I think we're looking bigger picture there came off South Africa and there were signs of uh, continuity from that performance No you can, you can definitely see that, that um, you know you're looking at, at the fact that I think myself and William talked about it, you know prior to the, the trip away guys were still worried, wondering whether they had their contracts or not oh, yeah. now you're seeing guys have their contracts yeah. and there's going to be I believe more announcements next week so yeah. you know by, by I think the end of March maybe or something like that this is like great that. this is we a definitive timeline I exactly love it. Yeah. And, and everyone know where they stand everyone I'm, know I'm what, very surprised what's that Karen Keane didn't announce today I think he was very tempted we have loads more he said at the end of the press conference <laughs> except, except he looked at the media office up. and he was like, no, no. <laughs> he was like we have loads more to sorry, go sorry the media officer wants to announce <laughs> not, not well, Karen yeah, Keane to the media control the message control the message news on a regular basis what was his word I can't remember he had a funny word we're wrapped about Horowitz signing. That's yes. the word he used. Wrapped. Yes. I've never heard that word, but obviously it's a it's a New Zealand thing. But it was we knew what he meant, and he is he is really hopeful about the kind of the positivity that's coming from these players. And I think as well as that, he looks out in the pitch and thinks, right, we need a few components to make this team a little bit better. And now they're coming in. Well, you've got Kyle Godwin, obviously for the centre, and now you've got a new out half. You know, um, two key positions. Um, and obviously, Godwin, I think, is, is both going to be... Um, obviously, he's going to play alongside Bundy when Bundy's available, but he's also going to be there when for that that sort of extra experience when Bundy's not there. Um, so I think he's going to be a very valuable player. And obviously, you know, Connett have been looking for an out-half, you know, to help Jack for a long time. And we had Marnitz, and obviously Marnitz, 
you know, had to go back to South Africa, and I understand he was playing very well yes. in, yeah, South, yeah, yeah. in South Africa at the oh. moment. So, you know, oh, good for him. So that is actually that actually left it sort of, kind of I suppose left it kind of a vacuum there for yeah. a couple of seasons yeah. really. And we haven't really fully recovered from it. No, Jack has been playing an awful lot of rugby. Mm. This, like, th- that's, that's why you gave him the break yeah, there for you a gave while. him a long break because he played a huge amount of rugby before Christmas mm. and, and right out. And he wasn't getting anyone taking, <coughs> taking time off him or giving him a chance mm. to recover from these things. Because we, this is a, a question I think needs to be asked from Kieran Kane at the end of the season. The Super Rugby season is only 16 games mm. long. Yeah, we're going to play twenty six, twenty seven games. Yeah, is he going to? Yeah, feel how, how does he? How does he react to how this is? Is that why he gets such a kick, Dave? You always hear from the change in tournament again. This, this Gloucester game couldn't come at a better time for him now. He loves when the tournament changes because that's something you don't have done in the super, super super rugby season. Yeah, I mean, to a certain degree, if you're not going well in a competition, one competition, you have the option of switching to another competition. If you're playing Super fourteen, it's going, it's going pear shaped. You'd have to live with that pair. Um, he, he seemed. He seemed buzzy. I think if you look at about it in total, you're bringing over two... I think it's significant that Godwin is coming from, has played with Butler before. I think you're bringing over Horvitz and he's got an outside... He's got outside him, he's got... And he's, he's only 23, too. He's, he's got an Australian... Australian. Also, he played with Godwin before yeah. as well. There's another thing here. There's actually a growing Australian community back in this town. I know them for, from in Aussie. So there's like a definite Australian community here. So it's not just like there's one or two of these guys. And you know what I like about it, too? Mm. I love the fact that they come in in the summer. Mm. I'm just kind of... I've had, I had enough of these players arriving in well, late is October. He? Mm. Is he? Because uh, like when, I, when I look at... Um, well, Horowitz, we know... We, you've already got... Yeah, Confirmation that Godwin, Godwin is, is but yeah. not, not Horowitz because it says he's contracted to New South Wales. Somebody other. Okay, we'll see about that. We but it's still not going to go yet. as long as the NPC. I'd hope maybe it's a slightly yeah, different. Uh, we'll roughly see. the same. Is it? Yeah. All right. Well, if that's the case, that'll be disappointing. But yeah. I do, li- I do like that fact when they come in summer. That was a big difference with Butler. He was in early and he made a difference. I think the other thing we need to know about the way the signings have been done, apart from the three lads, the three, the three young lads, everybody that's signed up in the last ten days has been a back. So I think next week we're going to see forwards being signed. I mean, I mean, obviously Copeland is Copeland and the three. Yeah, young I understand, lads. but you mean re-signings? But, but, so the re-signings of all. I mean, the four back signing on the one day. We can see some like four forwards signing on the one day. We could have an announcement of Ford. Just it, no, I might be reading way too much into this, but you never know. So if there are announcements to come, I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be Ford's. Brilliant, Dave. Okay, so mm. that's the re-signings. Gloucester preview to come. Big midweek preview to come as well, but I want to talk about it here too. Before we do that, just, just quick one, thoughts just on going, Edinburgh. Just going back, sorry, just going back to the signings. The, the, the signing of Godwin today took a... Took a of Horrocks. Horrocks, sorry, Horrocks yeah. today. We've so many of, signings, we can't know, keep we track can't of keep it. Up, yeah, <laughs> it took a little bit of wind out of myself because I was going to say, I, I reckon that we were going to get Carberry because now that we've got an I, Irish scrum half. It's exactly the same. Now we've got the Irish scrum half inside yeah. him and then we've got the Irish first centre there. It would have been yeah. great for him to come down it's here. It's only right that they all play together, together, together at the same team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been oh, yeah. good. Leinster podcast. I mean, he's not going to get a career at 10 at Leinster because, I mean, Ross Byrne is probably the number one 10 there now and young Sexton might come back in at some point and they've got the other lad that they played a couple of weeks ago. Probably. And uh, Carby's going to himself, find himself playing at fullback, which is not good if he wants him to be there on number 10. Hey, I love mm. when a team like the Scarlets come and win the Pro 14 because I love when the teams that have been out in the edges like ourselves mm. prove people wrong, bust some trends and, and really turn heads. I like what Edinburgh are doing. I'm happy to see them up there. They've been down there with us for many years. They seem to be in the same mould and buzz that we had in, in 2016 and more power to them, yes? Yeah, I suppose they have gone through some, some kind of dark times, haven't they? You know, yeah, I mean, four in a row to us before today. Nice. Yeah, they they have. Um, yeah, Cockerell has obviously made a made a huge mm-hmm. impact there, um, and someone really probably did need to take Edinburgh by the scruff of the neck, and he and, certainly did that. And, 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 but they probably did because they, I mean, they've always had the raw talent. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Um, I don't know. Is it is it maybe because they had always had too many internationals and then you know we take them out, put them back in, kind of thing. I don't know if that affects them or not. But they always had the raw talent. But they, for some reason, over the last few years, they just they have under under belief and Richard Cockle certainly doesn't lack that there was attitude issues one of the best rugby programmes going on radio is BBC Sports Sound in Scotland when the lads start chatting rugby afterwards Tom English leads there but they're the whole group of them and they're not afraid to mince words and I know nothing against Alan Solomons but when he was over them there was a lot of frustration with the the mentality in the group I mean mean, that's absolutely right I think it was a game we played against Glasgow and the entire post-match discussion was (laughs) they didn't even watch that game they were at the Glasgow game it was brilliant Um, it's good to see it's good good to See, I mean, I'm glad that they're doing well. I'm glad that Glasgow's doing well. I'm glad. I'm glad the Scottish rugby at club level is doing well. Um, yeah, underperforming uh, a little bit in Six uh, Nations. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't. I, I think. I mean, I think we can. We we park the side that Six Nations does not reflect how our country's rugby is going. Yeah, we're because, talking Pro 14 because because Italian, Italians, unfortunately, the Six Nations aren't going anywhere. But in terms of their clubs, I mean, that Treviso were, were a bit unlucky to lose to Cardiff last weekend. We could have done with them doing something there from our point of view. But uh, so yeah, we won't, we won't talk about Glasgow winning 68-7 against Everton. I guess. Oh, and, and I'm sure the Kings will probably end up I'm beating the Treviso now before you're finished speaking. Uh, well, also, also, by the way, I mentioned the Kings actually did win, win their game against the Dragons, who probably got hammered nice at home by the... I feel like we've got off. I was building towards a link towards the Richard Cockrell chat, and you just went but, talking but, about but, Italian but, rugby, but, but, which is the kind of focus but, that we had in the last 10 minutes that went missing. But here we Sorry, go. Dave, and this is how on. you bring it back, because the, you bring in somebody oh, yeah, you bring in somebody from no, outside, and they readjust, this, they change the mindset of thinking, Conor Shea's gone in Italy and changed the mindset, bringing a new... An outside mindset to Italian rugby. Richard, Co- Richard Cockrell has gone into Edinburgh and changed the mindset there, and he has kicked some arse. Well done, Dave. Here's Richard Cockrell talking to our William Davis. With Richard Cockrell, the uh, I'd say very happy coach of Edinburgh with the win. You, you came here to get four points, and you're going away with four points. Oh, d- delighted with the, the, the points and the result. Um, disappointed with how we play. I mean, credit to Connor. I thought they played really well. They were better than us, ball in hand. They played the conditions better than us, um, and uh, they scored. They scored three great tries. So, um, you know, hats off to them and credit to them. Credit to Edinburgh because we stuck in the fight and we stayed in the game and we created enough opportunities to score points. So, um, the little bit we did have, we made the best of. But yeah, we, I thought we were poor tonight, and we, we're going to have to. Uh, remind ourselves about some of our fundamentals that we have to be a lot better I spoke to you at the launch back in August in Dublin when you'd just sort of taken over and you were very direct about what you expected from the Edinburgh players, you said you were coming in there with a very open mind but you wanted to see real effort and maybe a little bit more a bit tougher Uh, you're now third in your conference, you're Ahead of Ulster, you're playing them in two weeks. You have a European game. How has the season? I mean, has the season evolved the way you thought it would? Oh, to be honest, I've no idea how the season would evolve, and I've no idea how it's going to end. Um, we 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 just want to go into every game. You know, we, we're not a team that can take anything for granted or or rest players or look too far ahead. We've just got to deal with the here and now because we're not good enough t- side at this point to do that. Good, good players, and we're getting better. Um, but we just got to keep working hard. And I thought we saw tonight is that we've had some big results against big teams. And I felt, not subconsciously, I thought we were good going into the game. We got a really good start, we're 8-0 up, and then we switch off. And we, I don't think we paid Connor the respect that we should have. And we got punished for it, and, and rightly so. So really grateful that we got the win. Great that the players dug themselves out. And that should, they should take a huge amount of credit for that, because we're hard working, we stay in games, and we're bloody hard to beat. And we're getting a habit of, well, we can win this, even regardless of what's happening around us. Um, 
but no, we switched off tonight and Connor are good to side and um, you know the best they've played I thought was against Cheetahs when they, sh they probably sh they should have won the game and they played really well tonight. So um, no, it's a good reminder for us that um, we start to get ahead of ourselves. We're not good enough to get ahead of ourselves. We have to be right every time we play um, and if sides are a little bit off as Leinster and Ulster and Munster were, then we're good enough to beat them tonight. You know, if we'd have lost... Um, we'd have deserved to lose. Not the first time Duncan Weir has been that off the bench, something similar. Uh, yeah, I might look. Maybe much better since he came back from Ulster. Um, yeah, no, I think, look, D Duncan's good at what he does. I mean, actually, as the game went on and the weather got worse, it's his sort of game. Look, the charge down's the charge down. He, you know, we effort is effort. You don't know you've got to get the luck of the draw until you make the effort, put the effort in, and we put the effort in both from from the first kick-off and, and that last that last play. Look, Duncan, you know, Duncan's a good player, and the conditions probably suited his, his game sense, so that's why we put him on the field. Is it the perfect way to win to Europe, though, just kind of a tight victory, comeback victory? Oh, well, it, it, it's nice to win, play pretty badly. We can then refocus for, 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 for Cardiff. You know, for us, we just want to try and play and win every game we can and see how far we can get. The really good bit is our next game in the league is Ulster, and you know, tonight we stand, whatever, 13 points ahead of them, and we're... We're playing for quarter-final slots now. It's a it's a reality. Um, we've all our games are at home now, and we've got a real opportunity. Now the players have earned that. Now whether we can take it because you know we've got to earn it. Ulster will come hurting, and they'll come and try and bash our doors down. Or, or we'll see if we're good enough. Then we play Scarlets, and then we'll see if we're good enough. Then we play Glasgow. We'll see if we're good enough. And if we manage to get third, we get atonement. See if we're good enough. Because we're probably not, but we'll see. At this stage of the season, it's mental as much as anything else. You know they, they know they're, they're skillful enough, they know they're fit enough. Is it just, as you say, they switched off after 8-0. Is it a mental issue at this stage of the season? A little bit. And also, um, and I'll avoid it because I'll just pick the guys that want to do it, but is that, oh, we've had a good season. Haven't we been good? And now we all drop off and start to go and think about other things. You know, we, that, that's the key. The key parts are now is that every game is important and we want to get as far as we can. Now the reality is, if we get to playoffs, that's bloody good effort from us. But if we get, if we get into a playoff, I want us to get to a semi. If we got to a semi, I want to win it because that's just that's how it should be. Now we're we're not are we good enough really? In reality, are we good enough? No, we're not. But we'll see because we'll make some of the big teams sweat. I don't even know if we're good enough to finish third yet. We'll see in the next three games. So that's where we're at. Every time we play, grit your teeth, roll your sleeves up, and play as best you can because that's what the big teams do and that's what the good teams do. We're not a big team, but we're not, you know, we're becoming a good side, we're becoming hard to beat. And that's the, that's the reality of it. We have to manage our expectations, you know. We're not a Munster or a Leinster or a, you know, a Glasgow yet, but yet still the, 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 the appropriate word. We've got to build and we've got to work bloody hard and we'll, who knows where we'll get to. We might be half decent one day. Just as you've come from the Premiership into the Pro 14, how... How, how does it compare? Is, it, is there anything particularly that's different? Are you seeing things you're thinking, well, that's a different point, or is it just tur tur tournament rugby? Oh, it's, a little, it's a little bit different. I think not having relegation has an effect on the teams to how they play because you can develop a side, and if you have a bad year, you, you don't get really horrifically punished for it. Um, but uh, I think maybe... Um, Maybe the relegation makes a different dynamic because if you're the bottom team, you have to beat the top team because there's four points on offer. And that those upsets can happen, can't they? Whereas I think probably here, the, the, 
everybody fully available, the top teams will pretty much beat the bottom teams, don't they? So, but, but it's a good competition. The African teams are good having them in. And it's great coming to, I've never coached here, never, you know, um, so it's good to come here and great crowd, vocal, supportive, team that play well. Um, and actually something that, you know, Edinburgh needs, you know, we want to build something like this where we've got a community that cares about the club and they come and cheer and shout and have our atmosphere and um, give a stick to the ref when he goes, <laughs> when he goes against them. Okay, good stuff. Uh, we always like talking to Richard Cockerell and hopefully we'll get to chat to him, I guess, at the start of next season in the, in the pre-season chat. So who knows, maybe we'll get up to the final in the summer. More on that and on. Connacht have a game next week that's kind of important, Lindley. I don't know, maybe, maybe a little bit further back in the tournament, Connacht were second favourites at one point, Alan, were they? I think they've probably drifted a little bit because they have to go to Newcastle if they even win this, semi, this quarter-final. That said, I just... I. I might be alone here. I don't think I am. I just feel after tonight's performance, the Cheetahs' performance, the turnaround from the Zebra debacle, the fact that there aren't too many injuries, I feel, I feel confident that they can win this. I'm very confident because Johnny May doesn't play with them anymore. Mm. Well, and he causes been, us a lot of trouble. <laughs> and he's been a thorn in Connett's side every time he's played for Gloucester. Um, look, we're at home and I think that's the most important thing because I think we've only played Gloucester once here at home and I think we did back in a few years back in the Challenge Cup and well, Heineken Cup Heineken Cup it was, a, it was in December I nearly drowned rowing that morning we lost narrowly to yeah. them I think by about we four did. points or something so I don't quarter final there and a playoff yeah. there and we were and they let we got a, pl- a standing ovation from Gloucester fans for the performance because in both occasions we were fantastic yeah we have we have we owe them one put it that way we, we owe them more than one and I have a, I'm I have I'm more confident this year, that particularly here at home, that we can do it this year. Conic fans are going to have to be loud, Alan, because I don't think we'll ever experience an away support like Gloucester are going to bring to this ground. OK, maybe in numbers, Munster and Leinster, not for noise and colour and, and numbers from overseas. It's going to be huge. No, I, have, I love going to Gloucester to watch game. The shed, the shed there is, is, like the clan is a copy of the shed. Um, it is fantastic. And I love going to the Gloucester fans. I've been there two or three occasions and it's a brilliant place to watch a game of rugby and brilliant fans who are really knowledgeable. Agreed. Um, and I think we're going to see tons of them over because it's Easter weekend and we're going to see a whole whack of them over here and I think the place is going to be rocking. I think they sold over 8,000 tickets so far. Um, not 8,000 to Gloucester now, we should no, say. No, no, not 8,000 <laughs> to Gloucester, but there's 8,000 tickets sold. So yeah. um, I think it's going to be uh, absolutely buzzing. Hopefully the weather will do its thing and it'll be OK um, because... I think myself and William alluded to it again. It rained the whole second half and we lost our edge and we really have to learn how to play in the rain. Um, it just seems incredible to talk about that when you're from the west of Ireland. But, um, I, think, yeah. I think as well, having lost that match today, I think I actually asked Kieran Keane that question, does it now refocus the mind more on the two ways that Connacht can qualify for Champions Cup rugby? The benefit of this competition, the, the, the Challenge Cup competition, is that there is actually a trophy as well yeah, at the end Yeah, that's why it. Nigel Carolyn kind of referred to that. That was the extra edge. And has, it, yeah. it does. And I, 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 it, it really has to focus this team and they're well able to do it if they can go to South Africa and play like they played in South Africa please don't tell me that they can't do that and replicate that and play like that against Gloucester even tonight two blockdowns have scored and 12 points against us and we lose by 7 I'm just looking at Glasgow we, we look at Gloucester lost away to Worcester on the 17th of February so like we did well against Worcester 
I think the other thing to notice is they've got a, they're playing tomorrow, which is, it means that we've got a one day extra. They're, mm-hmm. they're away mm-hmm. to us here. They're away tomorrow to London Irish. Now, mm-hmm. there's a no, there's a whole load of politics going on at London yeah. Irish, uh, which, which, in the podcast. Uh, yeah. But I mean, London Irish will want to prove, a lot of those guys will want to prove a point. They still think they may stay up. I don't, they've got no chance of staying up, but they may want to prove a point. They've got Keen, I've got Kiss and Kidney have gone in there. If Gloucester lose to London Irish tomorrow, I don't know where their mindset is because I mean they started off the season really really well they were going chugging along nicely not tearing up trees but you know they were they were doing better than they usually do they seem to have just gone off a cliff at the moment now that doesn't mean to say that they too aren't focusing on Europe we have to take that yeah, into account Dave you see the, the worry is if we make I don't, mistakes I don't, like know, I don't think they are they're only four points behind Newcastle who are in right. fourth place so right, that's big win tomorrow and the worry here Alan is if we, if we make the kind of mistakes we did today then we're done and dusted that said I'll start with you, and then Lindy. You just look at Bondiaki. You look at one particular guy in particular, and you think to yourself, in those closing stages there, you needed someone to turn the front foot, to turn us on the front foot, get that ball out to the first centre and just plough up the yards. And then you have Niad Yolok and Matt Healy to pounce on it. So I think Connacht are going to have a different shape, not to mention the fact that your guy, Tom Farrell, ain't half bad either. Yeah, he did well we against have to acknowledge, Dave, that Tom Farrell is good at this stage. We like Tom Farrell, I, I, but it's I, I, just I, Alan so annoying about it. You know, we like Tom Farrell. Uh, uh, Alan's in love with Tom Farrell. Um, <laughs> that's the as difference. As a rugby player, as a rugby hey, player. No one's I judging you. No one's as judging you. As a rugby you. field. That's what I just, <laughs> anyway, sorry, just, uh, I jumped in there. Well, plus, on. plus, we also, you know, not only not only Bundy and, and the excitement and the and the buzz that he brings around. You could see the impact he had on the Ireland team. You know, and, and you know, considering he only. Yeah. had his debut in November and there he is leading that little chant at the end of it do you think now, like, into, like around the rest of the country where they just couldn't figure out whether Bundy was the man or not do you think I think that little those pictures afterwards I think everyone else just woke up to the fact you know there's more than just a superb rugby player here there's an absolute character like, yeah and completely leader, and he, he, in a he, different way he drives he drives everything he wants to win he wants to win whilst having a smile on his face he wants to win and enjoy himself at the same time um, and I think he brings a whole lot extra and we'll also have Kieran Marmion like Blady had one of his better games tonight. I have to say, I thought he, he yeah, played agree. really well. Um, Tidy's up really well. He's really strong. Yeah. Yeah, but I think. Yeah, and you got Ulton to, to give a bit of power. Although I thought Thornbury had. I, thought, I was very impressed. I think Thornbury is excellent. Can I just put? Can I? Can I make Thornbury my guy? Because I just think he's perhaps not getting anywhere near enough credit. I think he was really unlucky to go off in the Zebra home game. Yes. Um, to be honest, not mm-hmm. getting into bad decisions or good decisions because these things happen. I but. do think tonight that maybe we did miss um, uh, authoritative figure mm-hmm. like. Maybe Bundy, Bundy yeah. or even John Muldoon, mm-hmm. someone who could maybe, I know sometimes people criticise that maybe he gets in the ear of the referee too much, but I think maybe that sometimes it is quite. Yeah, yes, someone like George Clancy, they know each other true and yeah. true, so he might and, have been able to and I think, I think he was, I think, I think he was missed tonight, and obviously um, he isn't injured and he's just being rested. Makes sense. So it does make sense, but um, I, I think that the importance, I don't think anyone in, in Connacht would argue about the importance of this Gloucester match. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Lily, I, I don't even care about Champions Cup qualification. Maybe it's just me, but I just, I just looking at a bigger picture, a longer-term development, and I'm just looking at the possibility of getting to Bilbao. If we could yeah, just look, get I, don't, I, think, I think you're right. I, I, I'm still concerned with Champions Cup rugby, but I, think, yeah, but, I think, but I think this, this season's performances, it's more about performance at the moment, I yeah. think. Yeah. And I think all of Connacht fans can take heart with what they saw for the last couple of weeks yeah. and tonight and this growing, growing maturity of this team under Karen Keane. So I think yes. when you say champion, I understand what you're coming from about not worried about Champions Cup rugby. Um, 
I still am, but... And the organisations still are too, because it's the bottom line for them. Yeah, yeah and, and in terms of, you know, getting players to, I mean, to, I get that. Yeah, to, no, to, to come into to Connacht. Mm. But I do think that this Challenge Cup offers a great opportunity, as it always has for fans, for the organisation, yeah. for the players. They've mm. always enjoyed the Challenge Cup and it still does offer... Oh a trophy and a to make it and a route to make it down to the Basque Country. No, and and remember, we don't have to win the Challenge Cup to get into the Champions Cup next year because oh if, God. if so you go down this road, Newcastle and wherever get are already really? in there, can, we can still qualify without having Craigie won this. Can I point out, we can't qualify if Newcastle get in there. Oh, fair <laughs> no, no, if Newcastle are already fourth, they're already going to be in the Champions so Cup. So that's going to usurp any. That's going to be an extra place. Yes. Wow. Yes, but don't we play them in the semi? Oh, no, Dave, you're asking questions now. Alan's explained it clearly. Once we get to the semi-final, my understanding is as long as the other three results go our way, once we're in the semi-final, it's likely we're going to be in the... the Because the other teams in the semi-final have already already qualified. So the next team down gets to qualify, and that would be us. Also, I don't give us a great chance... Don't love labyrinthine rules. (laughs) Also, I don't give us a great chance of beating the Ospreys, but for those people who have me following, a fifth would be enough to get into a playoff in... A fifth in your conference would be enough to get into a playoff away from home, probably, uh, in terms of the Pro 14 to get into the Champions Cup. So that's still on as well, and if they win in the Ospreys, it's still very much on. So at least, no matter what, after Gloucester, there's one more big game, we'll be there... That's almost it. I want any other business from people, please, if there is any. Yeah. So I say well done to Garbally. Uh, taking back the uh, trophy they believe is rightfully theirs, uh, the Connick Senior Schools final. Stopping the Jazz from getting three in a row. Uh, fantastic scoreline. Um, some, uh, wasn't unfortunately at it. Uh, I believe Williams' ears have finally recovered because if it was anything like last year's final, yeah, you just well. can't hear anything. By the way, um, they said when they stopped with boarding, that was it for Garbally ever winning Schools Cup. Mm-hmm. What a, like That just shows you tradition is tradition. And yes, the to win it with Borders now they're winning it with the uh, rugby talent yeah. from the area but that would imply that Borders uh, I mean same with Jarlis Jarlis wouldn't I mean, actually in the case of Jarlis that has proven the case they got rid of the Borders and they've stopped winning football okay, stop I made a good point there don't count it but the thing about it is that Balneslow is a rugby town Athlone is a rugby town but we also have to say well done to the teams that come through Press Headford won the uh, won the development cup which is great to see as well um, does that mean Carr are going to start beating Ballon Robe regularly now in the big derby I think it does um, well unless you can bring some of the lads who won for Gortner Abbey I mean you know <laughs> but I mean it's good to see these new schools coming through yes yes, we saw the Jazz yes we saw Garbley and Marston there and we know the Summerhill are still going to be there and Sligo Grammar is still going to be there but these new schools need to just develop it on it's great to see new schools coming through the Development Cup has been a really good idea because um, it allows places that wouldn't necessarily be automatically rugby places like Ballinau won it last year uh, so it's great to see this going on and well done to Development Cup a really good thing and well done to Top Oil for sponsoring everything OK Alan well, the rain would have washed off the paint and the goalposts anyway if they had been painted. Oh but, you, know. you know, I, I fooled Alan earlier, <laughs> listeners. I went, hey, look, the goalposts are painted. You've got to see how quickly you turned around and the enthusiasm. No. Oh, Any chance anyone's going to paint some goalposts before the big quarterfinal? Almost none. I want to just say TV3's coverage of the Six Nations was, was absolutely brilliant and just really a lot of refreshingly different pundits, a really good buzz, just enjoyed it. Well done, everyone involved in Apart that. Apart from some of the colour commentators who didn't give the sort of colour I would like. I'd like to be explained. I'd like when colour commentator talks on TV that they tell me why something happened they don't just explain what they've seen so as that as I've just seen it I'd yeah, like to have a little bit more and, and maybe, it, and maybe Gnosis yeah, n- n- Gnosis at Bundyaki is crucial but anyway that's neither here nor there uh, yeah, Lindley yeah. any other business from you? no not for me no. ok that's good stuff well Lindley's looking forward to next week we're looking forward to next week oh here's Luke Luke Murphy's here Luke do you want to say hello on the podcast? 
No, he doesn't. <laughs> okay, that's it from us. We will talk to you midweek, Alan, yes? As yeah, usual. Yeah. We'll big press a, conference. Big press conference, and um, yeah, yeah, we'll talk midweek. Are you going to be on this one? No, I might be if I can make the press conference. That's the plan. Okay. Who knows? Next time you'll hear, you'll have the answer. Thanks, folks. Bye.